Choose Linux, episode 11, for June 13th, 2019. Hello and welcome to the show that captures the excitement of discovering Linux. I'm Joe. And I am Jason. And here we are for episode 11. And later on we'll be talking about Lineage OS and how I managed to convert you, or at least set you down the path of conversion there on mobile. But let's start with Zorin OS 15, which was released last week. And I've seen that you are very, very enamored with this distro. Yes, and I don't know if that is a byproduct of its newness to me because it was never really on my radar. Um, I heard about it a couple months ago when the co-founder, one of the Zorin brothers who who work on the distro full-time, just emailed me out of the blue and said, hey, I've been reading your Linux stuff on Forbes. We'd really love for you to check this out. Here's our beta. Here's what's new. Carry on. And it had some, it had some cool features. I wrote it up and then uh, they emailed me about four days ago and said, hey, we've got the the final you know, gold version of Zorin OS 15 ready to go. Would you like to test drive the ultimate edition? And I said, yeah, sure. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun. So they hooked me up with the ultimate ISO, which is about uh, 4.2 gigabytes worth of software and goodies. And it does cost, it costs uh, 39 euros or about 43, 44 US dollars. But yeah, I took that for a spin and I was just immediately kind of captivated by it. So what we're talking about here is a distro that is based on Ubuntu 18.04, the latest point release, I think it's 18.04.2. And it's kind of, it's GNOME, but not as we know it, right? It's kind of a skinned GNOME that can be almost like with Ubuntu Mate, where you can change the layouts to suit your needs. And so I go for the kind of Windowsy type layout, but you can have other layouts as well, right? Right, right. And y- you know how I'm I'm sort of a sucker for marketing, right? I, I really, yeah. <laughs> a stickler maybe for marketing. I really appreciate when anyone can effectively market their product and do it succinctly. And this is the tagline. When you go to ZoranOS.com, a powerful desktop you already know how to use. And like right off the bat, that makes such a strong impression. And then they have, perhaps not accidentally, uh, they have a picture of three devices, a white laptop, a white desktop with what looks like the, uh, the Apple uh, wireless mouse, and a white tablet with a few matching desktops that, that complement those, uh, those devices that they're trying to convey, right? The Windows desktop, the, uh, the Apple-style layout, and then the, the tablet. But yeah, this is GNOME, but it's very adaptable, very flexible, and that's what surprised me. And I've seen, like you mentioned, I've, I've seen what Ubuntu Mate does, and it's really cool, but I think that Zorin makes this, this is the easiest implementation of desktop theming that I've seen so far. You just go into this app called Zorin Appearance, and you have six different layouts and it sort of gives you like this uh, black and white view of where the various elements will end up and you just click it the desktop adapts and what you basically have is two window style layouts where you have your you know taskbar on the bottom and you can have either your uh, active icons 
or your active window like tile bars at the bottom, just what you're used to with Windows. And then you have the Mac OS slash elementary OS style presentation with the, the dock at the bottom, centered. And then you even have a Unity style layout with the, uh, what do you call it? The dock all the way across the left side. Yeah, dock or panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then a, and then one or two GNOME implementations. But they all feel, if you've used them all, they all do feel comfortable. And, you know, you choose the Windows one, which is the default layout. And it actually feels good. To me, it, it feels and looks better than other distros that are sort of trying to emulate that, like uh, like Linux Mint with Cinnamon. You know, I don't think that it's Windowsy. To me, it's more like Chrome OS, really. It reminds me a lot of Budgie and Chrome OS rather than straight up Windows. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right. In fact, in fact, the first one might be more of a Chrome OS layout and the second one with the actual window bars at the bottom, you know, minimized and... Um, but uh, the the bottom line here is that the way that they implement this is so straightforward and so elegant, and it just looks really it just looks really clean. And the power of that message to me, a desktop you already know how to use, automatically just takes away so many of those fears and anxieties and barriers that the people moving from the big desktop OSs like Mac OS and Windows feel. And then they see this imagery, and it's compelling, I think. So you mentioned that you've been trying out the paid version. There is this free version as well that they call Core, which isn't hugely different, is it? No, not really. It's it's basically what you would expect from an Ubuntu-based distribution, right? It's It doesn't have any any software that that you'll detect as noticeably absent and then and then you know shuffled over onto the paid version. The only real differences are that you don't get the installation support from Zorin, and you don't get about two and a half gigabytes worth of popular open source software. But that's all stuff you can just get from the repositories, the, the app store. Yeah, of course. And I, so I really feel like you're paying for convenience with this Ultimate Edition. You're paying for a few extra, and I don't quote me on this, but I believe it is two or three extra desktop themes that you can easily just click and go. And you're paying for the convenience of having stuff like Blender and Focus Writer and Ardor 5 and Audacity, Handbrake, Kodi, OBS, a bunch of open source games, which, which aren't all that fantastic, to be honest. But you're paying to have all those bundled in there, essentially. It seems to me that really... <laughs> It's it's almost like a donation, isn't it, really, to them? It's it's almost like a contribution to the project because, yeah, it is more convenient to have that stuff installed, but do you really need it all? Probably not, and you're perfectly capable of installing it yourself if you've got a decent internet connection. So it it does feel more like here is an obvious way you can support us. Yeah, that's that's really what I think that they're they're going after. You don't have those premium desktop layouts. You don't have the games installed. You don't have free installation support, but... I can, I'm torn on this one because I can see where a lot of your more casual Windows users might need some help just when it comes to maybe partitioning your drives because it uses uh, Ubiquity. So it's, it's very straightforward installation. There's nothing complicated about it at all, but it still could throw some people for a loop. And those are, yeah, those are basically 
the differences. It does come with, uh, even the core version comes with Zorin Connect, which is sort of their tweaked and reskinned version of KDE Connect. Probably based on GS Connect rather than KDE Connect, which oh right, right is the the GNOME you know GTK version of it. And even the core version, the free version, has what they call the advanced desktop, which um, it has wallpaper that that dynamically changes throughout the day. And I saw at least seven or eight different variations. What I did is I just I just tweaked my system clock forward a couple hours at a time to see to see what it would look like. And, you know, it's kind of these pastel blues and oranges during the day and uh, kind of a darker green and blue at, at sunset. And then you get some stars and some purple and twilight colors. And it's it's a nice effect. And if you choose the auto theme, what that does is automatically switches to Zorin OS's dark theme at night. And then switches back to its uh, standard theme during the day, so it's little it's little touches like that that I think people would really appreciate, and things that it does better in my opinion than Ubuntu. I'll duck now. <laughs> I've been aware of Zorin OS for quite some time. I think um, the the two guys who make it were on the Ubuntu podcast years ago when they first started, and I've always seen it as. A distro that takes Ubuntu and then attempts to add some value to it. Now, from everything you've described, I mean, I had a quick look at it. Uh, I've not gone as in-depth as you. The question is, have they added enough value to justify its existence? It seems that you would say, obviously, yes. Oh, man. That opens up just a a wormhole of (laughs) discussion, though, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could say... Why does Kubuntu, Zubuntu, why do those all need to exist? Why not just, you know, slap a different desktop environment on top of Ubuntu when you install it? Yeah, but as flavors of Ubuntu, I, I feel that they're not kind of completely independent distros, are they? They are part of the Ubuntu family and they use all, all of the Ubuntu infrastructure and everything. And so it's kind of different than being this completely independent distro that Zorin is. I don't know if I have anything compelling enough to really refute that argument. But for me, and you know that you know that I got started down this journey with Ubuntu, and I used it for my daily driver for months, uh, six, seven, maybe eight months straight. But for me, Zorin OS feels more approachable. It feels easier to use, and it feels more welcoming to complete newcomers. And it looks nicer. It looks nicer. I also saw in your article, um, gaming stuff is really easy in this then. Almost as easy as Pop! OS. Maybe just as easy as Pop! OS, which you know is high praise coming from me. Yeah. So not only does Zorin OS 15 offer the proprietary NVIDIA driver right on the ISO, so kind of a trailblazer there alongside Pop! OS with other distros, thankfully catching up to that. And when you install Steam from the software store, it automatically downloads all the Vulkan API dependencies. And for other for some distros, that is also an extra step. And they also have Lutris, which I love, in their software store. And when you download Lutris, it also downloads Wine 4.0, which you need to, to smoothly run a lot of games via Lutris. And that's basically it. But that is more than than so many other distributions do. And it's just one of those extra steps that they take 
to to make it easier and more accommodating for people who don't really know anything about Linux. No adding repositories to Adlutris, no having to add a repository for the NVIDIA drivers, having to download Wine separately, things like that. So it's quite clear that you really love this distro, but are you going to stick with it? That's always the question, isn't it? It is always the toughest question that you ask me. I wish you would have asked, did you ask me this when I, when I was talking about Pop! OS? Because then I would have been right. Yeah, I, I stuck with that. But I, I don't know. I, it's, I want to spend more time with it. This is not a, a one and done thing. I want to spend a few more weeks with the ultimate version, and then I want to compare it to Core. And then hopefully by that time, the light edition with XFCE will be out. If anything else, Joe, I want to spend more time with it so that I can feel better equipped to recommend it to certain people. Hey, I'm switching from from Windows to Linux. What distro do I choose? And that's the biggest question, but there's always those variables. What are you using it for? What kind of desktop do you like? Are you a gamer? You know, those kind of things really weigh that decision. But I am at the point where I would I would maybe put Zorin OS above Ubuntu. Wow. For a lot of these newcomers, just because it's so clean and polished and little touches like the dynamic desktop. Yeah, and being based on Ubuntu, you've got all that software available for it. And you've got all of those resources. Whenever you Google a problem with it, you're going to find a solution because someone will have run into that on Ubuntu probably. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I can see why you would recommend it to someone new, definitely. But I'm always skeptical of smaller distros. Yes, this one has stuck around longer than most, but you know we saw Antigos go away recently. We've seen problems with smaller distros. That's why I tend to go for... I mean, you could argue that Ubuntu is a smaller distro, but then I'm arguing that it's part of the Ubuntu family. And so I feel more secure long-term using that. But then I suppose a switch from Zorin OS over to regular Ubuntu, it wouldn't be a huge change for people. And maybe they could go to Ubuntu Mate or Zubuntu or whatever. But I, I don't know, I'm just always skeptical of recommending a small independent distro. Well, okay, how how long does a distro need to be around for us to consider it stable and in it for the long haul? I know that's that's a, that's a tough question, right? But this has been out since 2009, so it's coming up on 10 years. And I really feel like as, as much as people frown on this, I feel like the fact that they're offering a paid product increases the sustainability of this distro. Oh, it definitely does. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know. You've got to either have a huge company behind you or at least uh, an eccentric billionaire before <laughs> I'm seriously confident that you're going to stick around. Or a huge community like um, Debian or Arch. That's fair. Here's something that may give them a little bit more longevity and, and visibility. When they refreshed their website last night after they published version 15, there was a new link just called Computers at the top of the site. And you click that and it says, New Computers Powered by Zorin OS. We're partnering with computer manufacturers to provide the best Zorin OS experience out of the box. Stay tuned. So they've got an OEM deal. That's interesting. We'll have to see how that shakes out. That could be huge for them. But um, again, and I've seen it with smaller distros that these OEM deals don't go anywhere. But I don't know. I don't want to be too cynical about it. I do wish them the best. And th- I think they have added a lot of value on top of Ubuntu from what I've seen of it. So um, 
Yeah, I, I do hope that they can stick around. I'm just, I don't know, I'm too jaded at this point, maybe. Well, I feel, I think that's a fair feeling to have. Yeah. So I mentioned Lineage OS, and I finally managed to get you to try it. Oh, finally. Like, it took you forever to get me to try XFCE. Uh, well, forever in internet <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> so you got an NVIDIA Shield tablet, which was running okay, but is officially supported by Lineage OS, so you thought uh, you'll, you'll give it a go. So um, how did you find the installation of it? Were the instructions pretty clear and easy to, to use? The instructions were crystal clear. I just I just used the the Lineage OS wiki. You know, you you go there, you find your device. Hopefully, you find your device. You click on the device, and it gives you all of the you know requirements that you'll need. You'll need ADB and Fastboot on your computer. You'll need it to be connected to your PC via USB. Obviously, you'll need to have it in developer mode, things like that. And it walks you through everything explicitly and and um, very clearly. What I knew is that this could be kind of a half step towards de-Googling my life. Well, a major step forward, I would say, because if you don't flash the Google apps on it, then you've got no Google apps. Right, which I didn't. And honestly, there are some withdrawals happening. I mean, not having not having the Play Store, so not being able to install... Proton Mail, for example, because for some reason, and this is something I, I hope that the guys at Proton Mail address soon, it's not on F Droid. Obviously, I installed F Droid because I wanted to, you know, see that and 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 see all of the software that's actually available in that open source store, but no Proton Mail. And that's what I use. And so that was uh that was disappointing. The one thing that I was very happy to see right off the bat was Cody. So I installed Cody and I have been using it as uh, a bit of a Cody media center that is pulling from my Raspberry Pi. And I don't know how, how many weeks ago we did that episode, but that installation has not moved. Like that has been in my living room, the Raspberry Pi with Cody, and we've been using it daily and it's, it's fantastic. So nice. But I do, I do feel, I do feel that lack of software availability with with lineage os at least software that i'm used to but there are some advantages to not having the google apps on there um battery life for one i don't know yet how much you've used this tablet before and afterwards but i hear that if you don't flash google apps then you get amazing battery life i haven't used it enough to really draw any comparisons but i've i've also seen a lot of stories and a, and a lot of people who spent time with you know, standard Google Android and and Lineage OS, and they said it really does give their battery life a boost. Yeah, and there's little there's little um, apps that you can install from F Droid that automatically disable your Wi-Fi after it's asleep for a certain amount of time, and so that increases your battery life as well, which is nice. Little little things like that are really interesting discoveries, but it's hard living without the Play Store. I didn't realize how hard. I didn't realize it, it's funny because I left the Apple ecosystem, because I, I didn't want to be locked into that iOS, macOS ecosystem with the the software that I use or, or buy. And here now I'm kind of finding myself in the same situation. So it's forcing me to look for alternatives, you know? So do you want me to tell you how to uh, supercharge this tablet of yours then? Yes, because it's actually, I mean, it's a fairly modern tablet and it's 
it's got a lot of power. It has amazing speakers. It's uh, it's something I really want to use more, and it's just been sitting in a shelf because I I had no interest in you know playing crappy mobile games with NVIDIA layers on top. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to put the Google Apps on there, then what I suggest is OpenGApps Pico. So OpenGApps, there are many different packages that you can flash on there, and you flash them, you just go into recovery and flash them like you did the OS in the first place. And you can either go for full bore, just everything with Google Play magazines and books and all of the useless stuff that I never use, or Pico is just enough to get the Play Store working. So you have the Play Store, which then opens up access to the millions of apps that are on there, but you don't have any bloat at all. So you're saying you don't have any Google services or Google apps that come along with that? Well, no, you do have the Google Play services, um, to be clear. So you know, you've got the proprietary layer that, that is required for the Play Store to function, but there's no, it doesn't come with Gmail, it doesn't come with Maps, it doesn't come with Chrome, any of that stuff. You just manually install exactly what you want from the Play Store and build it up. Oh, nice. Yes, very nice. And so that's what I always do. And so I don't have, because I, I remember when I used to use stock Android on a Nexus, it would have all of these useless apps that I would just never use, and they're just taking up space, and they're having to be updated all the time and stuff like that. And so that when I discovered that with Lineage you can have OpenJAPS Pico, I was just off to the races. And now that you're talking about it, I actually, when I was doing the installation, it, it, it mentioned that you can also install Google Apps and it had a link, but I thought, well, I don't want that. But now that I'm actually clicking the link, there are, of course, links to uh, Mind the Gaps and then OpenG Apps as well. Yeah. Don't make an assumption like I did, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so my other tip for you is, if you go to download.lineageos.org, you've got all the devices, but if you scroll to the bottom, you've got extras. And then one of those is root. Now, I, there, there's some debate as to whether you ought to root a phone or a device, but there's this one thing that is worth rooting it for as far as I'm concerned. So you basically, again, you go into recovery and flash that um, root zip. It's only small. And then you've got root access. And then in F-Droid, there's a thing called Addaway. And what Addaway does is very simple. It just downloads a list of sites that you want to block and adds them to your hosts file and then reboots and then all the ads are blocked. And it seems like that list is updated almost daily. I always get updates you know, offering me, do you want to update? And I frequently don't accept them because it needs a reboot and you know, I'm in the middle of stuff. But if you do that once a week or whatever, then you pretty much never see any ads ever except in YouTube. So what about trackers? Um, I think some of that stuff is blocked as well, yeah. Nice, but you do have to root it to be able to install that. Yeah, in order to, well, I mean, there are more, um, well, involved ways, shall we say, of writing to the host file via the command line and ADB and stuff that don't necessarily require full root access. But if you want to do it just on the phone, then that is by far the easiest way. Flash the root, um, install Addaway, allow Addaway root access, and then that's it. Well, based on the instructions, rooting it is almost trivial. Uh, but what are what are the downsides? Potential security risk, I suppose. If you grant root access to nefarious software that you've installed, but as long as you're sensible about it, I see no 
real security risk. Oh, and also, like a lot of banking apps and stuff won't work uh, if you're rooted. But then a lot of those apps won't work if you're um, using a custom ROM anyway. So yeah, that's something to to consider. But then there's another way to root with something called Magisk, which can then um, hide the fact that it's rooted with certain applications. I've never really got into Magisk very much because I, um, well, the the banking app that I need works for now with a rooted phone. But yeah, that that's kind of, um, well, Magisk is a whole other rabbit hole because it can do a bunch more than just rooting. So uh, yeah, it's, it's worth looking into. But um, yeah, if, if it's only a tablet that you're not kind of using as your main phone with banking apps and stuff like that, then I wouldn't worry about it. But if you're looking at doing this to your phone, then it's something to consider for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this is something I'd love to use as kind of a media tablet, you know, for for streaming stuff from the Raspberry Pi. Me reading reading comics, reading books, watching Netflix, things like that. So, um, but I guess the takeaway for me is uh, I'm very happy that I took your advice and installed it because it was, first of all, it was easy, and it actually feels a little more lightweight and, and snappier than the Android experience that I've had for the last seven, eight years. Yeah. If you install the G apps, that might go away, that snappiness. Hmm. Um, that, that's that's one of the disadvantages as well. And one of the huge advantages of not having the play services running underneath it is that it just is lighter. That's why the battery life's better. It's just using not as many resources. So this is the the XFCE of the Android world. Yeah, almost. Oh, and another pro tip, <laughs> if you want it to feel, if you want to trick yourself into thinking that it's really snappy, and this can be done on almost any Android phone, not just Lineage OS, is to enable developer options, which generally means go into like about device and then click build number a bunch of times. Seven times. Seven times, there you go. And, and then you get developer options. And then you can go and turn off the animations. There's three things. I can't remember exactly what they are, but um, by default, it's at one time speed. And you can crank that up and then just have like these ridiculous like flowing animations that take ages. Or you can turn them all off. And then when you open an app, instead of it kind of going like open, it just goes bang, open. And then you go home and it's just instant. And it... It's not actually any quicker, but it kind of tricks your brain into thinking it's quicker. So that's one of the first things I do on any phone as well. Well, I just opened up my Huawei, and there's like 40 options <laughs> in there. So I'll have to dig in and see what they're... There's 10 options for just just something called drawing. Yeah. Um, window animation scales and, and anim- animator duration and things like that. Is that's that what it. you're getting at? Okay, okay. Yeah, and it can feel so fast some people like the animations but that's the first thing i do on any distro or whatever that's what i did on zorin os found the animations turned those off right now it feels much snappier god you're just not an eye candy guy at all are you no i'm just (laughs) pure function thank you very much right then i suppose we'd better get out of here but before we do a bit of good news and a bit of bad news the good news is that you're working on a whole bunch of new projects, but the bad news is that, unfortunately, it means you won't have time to do Choose Linux anymore. Yeah. Um, I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to give the show the you know the, the time and attention that it really deserves. Yeah, and it does take a surprising amount of time to do a show like this. And I do appreciate that. I know, um, I don't know if we want to mention exactly what you're working on, but you're working on a ton of stuff, basically. And 
everything takes time and you have to prioritize that time and sometimes something has to give and so in this case it's the show yeah it was it was short lived but the the opportunity to make a difference on on JB and and give people a i guess a fresh perspective on the world of linux that they might not have heard before was really rewarding and i'm sure i know i've i've talked to you about this and i'm sh- i'm pretty confident that uh, choose Linux will keep that spirit of discovery and newness as it goes forward. Yeah, that is the plan. And don't worry, the show is going to continue. We're working out the fine details of that. And it's going to be retooled slightly, but it is still going to be a great show. So be sure to go to choose slash subscribe to get all the future episodes. And you can go to choose slash contact if you want to get in touch with us. And the best place to follow you, Jason, for all your new endeavors is your Twitter, right? Yeah, you can keep the conversation going with me. I'd love that. Uh, you can find me at KillYourFM on Twitter. And you can also find me at The Game Technician on Facebook. And you can follow me at Joe Ressington on Twitter. I'll be back in two weeks with more exciting discoveries. And you guys keep enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs>